Hey friends, listen, you don't need me to tell you that 2020 has been a difficult year. We're faced with so many challenges and so many conflicts, and it seems like we've lost our grip on civility. And there are so many different opinions on who and what is to blame. With that in mind, I want to read a quote. I see no hope for the future of our people if they are dependent on the frivolous youth of today. For certainly all youth are reckless beyond words. When I was young, we were taught to be discreet and respectful of our elders, but the present youth are exceedingly disrespectful and impatient of restraint. Ouch, tell me how you really feel. That is a harsh assessment, but check this out. Even though it seems like that's a Facebook post from someone's conservative grandpa, these words actually come from the Greek poet Hesiod in 8th century BC, proving that since the creation of young people, societies have always blamed young people for the destruction of civilization. This is like the first ever recorded, when I was your age, it's funny. Segments of every single generation look back on history and long for yesteryear. The good old days before things got out of hand, but one person's good old days is another person's dark ages. And the frivolous youth grow up to become the frustrated elders who look down on the new crop of frivolous youth. We have a very fuzzy relationship with history. This episode is about our perpetual relationship with cultural amnesia. What if I told you that your life right now is worth noticing? This is the Attention Collection. I'm Anthony Garcia. After a very long and peaceful break, recently, I've become active on Facebook again. I know, pray for me. But I've been seeing a lot of people sharing this picture of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's that iconic image of Dr. King, suit and tie, walking arm in arm with fellow protesters. They're marching through Alabama for voting rights in 1965. But this time the image looks different because they've added words. And on top of the picture it says, Never burned one building, never robbed one store, never destroyed one town, changed the world. And this, of course, is meant to be a critique of the nationwide protests that now follow the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. It's meant to be an example of how one should protest. It stops just shy of saying, Martin Luther King Jr. would be disgusted with you all. And listen, there's no denying the global impact of Dr. King. His work, alongside the work of many others, did in fact change the world. He is a shining example of the transformative power of love. But wow, 
does this social media post leave out a few crucial details. It should come with a disclaimer, honestly. It should say, do not read this without first putting on a gigantic pair of rose-colored glasses. And also, you have to squint a little and turn your head to the left. It's an example of cultural amnesia. Because have we forgotten the full story? For the sake of time, let's just do a brief recap. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was imprisoned 29 times. That's 29 times being handcuffed, 29 times being manhandled, 29 times locked in a cage. For criminal activity? No. For standing up for justice. His house was bombed. His family was repeatedly threatened. Dr. King was called the most notorious liar in the country. By who? By the head of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. A newspaper called him one of the most menacing men in America. He was labeled a communist. He was called un-American simply for his views and statements against war. And even as he preached nonviolence, encouraging those fighting for civil rights to love their enemies and to do good to them, he saw his friends and colleagues beaten and torn apart by dogs, caged like animals, and left bloody in the streets. This man of peace, who cared for the poor, he cared for the oppressed and the broken, regardless of their race, mind you, was murdered in cold blood because of his race, and because of the threat he posed to the status quo. His posture of nonviolence provoked the worst kind of violence. But all some of us seem to remember is that he played nice. He was so eloquent and well-mannered. So as we look back on this man's legacy, many of us just see the clear-eyed marches. We hear the powerful, rousing speeches. We celebrate his birthday together every year. But we don't grapple much with the fact that he should have been around a lot longer to celebrate his birthday himself. 39 years old, his life was stripped from him. 39 years old. But yes, some of us say, yes, it was a tragedy, but look at his legacy. Look at the changes the movement made. Through his death, so many people were given a chance at a more dignified life. His impact is undeniable. His life is a blueprint. It's an example of how to stand against oppression and indignity. And so, of course, the world would be a better place if more people followed his lead, right? Just don't take a knee during an anthem. Because that's disrespectful. You know, be like Dr. King. To which 
I can imagine Dr. King saying, um, excuse me, but they called me a communist and a danger to America. Don't you remember? Stand up for what's right, but don't disturb commerce or clog up the streets. To which Dr. King might respond, Ah, yes, I remember the lunch counter sit-ins where we were spit on, where they poured food on us and showered us in slurs. Oh, and they beat us senseless in the street for holding signs and marching for justice. These are not protesters, some say. They're thugs. And Dr. King interjects yet again. These are people, not thugs or criminals. I remember in 1968 when my colleague, Reverend James Lawson, stood and addressed a crowd on the very subject of police brutality. Do you know what he said? He said, at the heart of racism is the idea that a man is not a man, that a person is not a person. You are human beings. You are men. You deserve dignity. So why in the year of our Lord 2020 are we having an imaginary conversation with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Because instead of living into his dream, instead of fighting to keep it alive, we have whitewashed it to the point of being incompatible with the very man who dreamed it. We've slipped again into a state of cultural amnesia, and we're walking around wearing rose-colored goggles. Police brutality and systemic racism didn't just re-emerge unexpectedly. Oh, where did you come from? Like a horror movie villain who refuses to die, so we need a sequel. It never left. Or as someone has said, racism isn't getting worse. It's simply getting captured on film. To see the full scope of this problem, I believe we have to rely on hindsight. But whose hindsight? Those who think we would do well to revisit the practices of Dr. King? If only it were that simple. If a Nobel Peace Prize didn't keep that wonderful, amazing human safe, and if you can't even take a knee during a song, without calls for your deportation, what makes us think putting on suits and ties and marching arm in arm is going to make it work this time? Philosopher George Santayana warned us that those who cannot remember the past are doomed to repeat it. I think that's absolutely right. The problem is that history is just that. It's his story. Who gets to write history? And if we relegate black history to the story of struggle and then stick it in the shortest month of the year, limited to a few paragraphs and a screening of roots, no wonder we can't see the full picture. No wonder we can't appreciate the beauty and celebrate it. And please hear me. We haven't even started talking about indigenous people and our other brothers and sisters of color. But if we don't take several steps back and grapple with the ugly story of our collective history, we will almost certainly repeat it. And I think that's exactly what is unfolding 
in front of us. If this truly is the land of the free and the home of the brave, we need to demand freedom for all people. And stop being so damn afraid of those brave enough to stand and fight for it. If we would just stop reposting memes long enough to carefully engage with hindsight, we will see the lives of so many amazing men and women who risked life and limb to ensure a better world for their children and ours. We must honor their voices. We must carry their stories. We must gleam from their wisdom. And we must refuse to allow their efforts to be whitewashed and diluted by the privileged and comfortable, even if that means disturbing our own privilege and comfort. There are no good old days to get back to. The good days lie ahead if we choose to make it so.